Thanks for pressing play. This is Christopher Lockhead, and we have a very special episode for you today. From time to time on Lockhead on Marketing, we will bring on a guest to go deep on a critical topic. Today, my friend, Paul Marr, founder of Positive Marketing in the UK, and we pop the hood on a secret black art of marketing, PR, communications, and media called trend jacking. And it's predicated on, the, on the, the insight that the news is happening anyway, so you might as well be in it. And so we talk about how to hijack a trend in the media so that you and your company can be part of the news. Paul and I have been friends and have worked on and off together for over 20 years. And his firm, Positive, is the winner of the Sabre Award for the Best Earned Media Agency in all of Europe, Middle East, and Africa. So he's no joke. And I would say he's the category king of trendjacking uh, as an idea, as a category of marketing execution and PR execution. Now, our friends at Splunk are the category queens and kings of big data. And Splunk helps you bring data to everything, every question, every decision, and every action. Check out Splunk, S-P-L-U-N-K dot com slash D-2-E, as in data to everything. That's Splunk.com slash D-2-E. And my dear friends at Oracle NetSuite want to help you turbocharge the growth of your business. Go to NetSuite.com slash different. And while you're there, you'll be able to set up a free one-hour growth review with an expert in your industry. That's NetSuite.com slash different. As well, uh, while you're breezing, while you're breezing around the internet, <laughs> check out lockhead.com, two H's, no K, uh, for the show notes from this episode. And you'll also find in the show notes, Paul Mars seven secrets of trend jacking. Now, hey ho, let's go. This is Lockhead on Marketing, the podcast that helps you develop the lens for what makes legendary marketing legendary. Hosted by Christopher Lockhead, three-time CMO, godfather of category design, and a high school dropout, who the Marketing Journal calls one of the best minds in marketing, and The Economist calls off-putting to some. All right, so, so trendjacking is a special toolkit that those of us who spend a little bit of time doing media relations and content need to deploy at critical times when we're trying to build categories. And the thing I love about this idea is it's kind of a secret black art, right? Because most people, when they do PR, they're trying to create news all by themselves. And trendjacking is all about how do we take what's happening in the news and use that, attach ourselves to that and use that as an advantage to become an expert, to become known, uh, to position ourselves effectively. Yeah, that's right. So our view is the news happens anyway. Why don't you make it? Yeah. I mean, why not be attached to it? Right. It's, it's a very, very powerful idea. And, um, I remember distinctly the first time you and I had this idea. Yeah, we were in London. Uh, Starbucks had not opened too long ago with some of its early chains. Uh, and you and I were in a rainy London Starbucks fuming because there was a merger and acquisition happening in our space that we needed to react to. And we were really, I guess, secretly worried that we were going to be out positioned and outdone. And I'll never forget... Uh, 
you and I came up with a point of view about the acquisition and you and your PR team got on the phone and we found the reporters who were writing about the acquisition and we took time to educate them on our, our category and space. And uh, before you knew it, uh, the media was writing stories like um, this acquisition happened because of us, because, because right. they were afraid of us. Exactly. <laughs> two, two annoyed guys in a London Starbucks changed the strategy of a multi-billion dollar management consultancy firm. How yeah. likely is that? Yeah, we, we, we literally hijacked their acquisition news. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we call it trend jacking, right? Uh, and it all, you know, the, it is now becoming a term that's, that's widely used. I, I've heard other people call it, uh, I just heard someone in Germany the other day call it issues jumping. But the idea is to take a trend that's going to, that's happening anyway and turn it to your advantage rather like a carjack or a hijack or whatever you want to call it. So that's why it's called trend jacking. Yeah. And the, the fun thing for me is a side note is in a lot of ways, you become the godfather of trend jacking because that day, you and I had an idea for how do we how do we attach ourselves to this news and make sure that um, you know we're not being outpositioned in the media. And now um, it's 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 a practice area in PR and media relations, and you're the you're the godfather of it. Thank you, sir. So yeah, I mean, I think positive, which is the the, the team I, that I lead these days and the, the company I founded. We are known in the market for being aggressive trend jackers. Uh, this is not something you can half-ass about and, and, and play around with. You need to be on your game. And there are certain rules that, that, that make you that sharpen you up if you persist and, and practice them. Uh, and equally, if you want to be a scaredy cat all your life, you know, go be a lawyer. <laughs> all right, Paul. So let's get into the seven secrets of trend jacking. Uh, number one, be positive. So what, what do you mean by this, Paul? Right. So like having a view that you are not newsworthy is the antithesis of trend jacking. The news happens anyway. Why not be in it? And if you want to lead a category, you better be making the news because every single news story you've got is directing towards the future state that you want your category to be. And if you let other people do that for you, bad on you. Awesome. Number two, uh, be proactive. Um, what do you, what do you proactive mean? Proactive and provocative. I mean, I mean, be proactive. Oh, pro so, provocative. So Sorry, the dyslexic in me can't read the list. Be provocative. <laughs> You're the king of no problem. So what, what do you Absolutely. mean by provocative, Paul? So like the, the definition of news, I, we don't know if it's Randolph Hearst or somebody else that came over this. It's, you know, the, the definition of news is what someone else does not want you to know. Right. So, so clearly there's a lot of vested interest that management consultancy firm, which will remain nameless, although they're sort of French, so you can guess who they are. Um, these guys didn't want anybody raining on their big day in the, in the sun when they had a massive acquisition going. So you have to say to yourself, how am I going to get the attention of the media and the way that the media does? And maybe it's, it's a blessing I'm here in London is, is particularly the British media is they like FUD. These days they like tech clash. So you need to get creative and find out what it is somebody else does not want you to tell the media. That's what I mean by provocative. And the media loves uh, controversy. Uh, and so you, you sort of have to be willing to mix it up a little if you're going to hijack a trend, don't you? You really do. Uh, some of the examples that, that we use a lot are, you know, mergers and acquisitions, as, as we said, that, that didn't work out, you know, uh, outages. But there's also the, there's a sort of calendar marketing piece that, that goes around. They're a little bit more obvious. So when it's more obvious, 
you need to be more provocative, right? There's no point in saying we've got a great Black Friday story for you. No one gives a shit, right? You need to be the most provocative you can. So it might be the worst Black Friday since the dawn of man, or it might be the time when, you know, one product takes over another, and you need to be provocative because uh, boring average, that's just not going to cut it. Yeah, I remember back in the day, um, you and I did a little bit of work for um, Chegg, the the the, um, the book rental company for college students that's now expanded much beyond that category. And, and we came up with this idea. I remember you and I brainstorming about it, which was they were going to do a big back to school campaign. And of course, there's lots of PR around back to school every year. And you had this awesome idea of how do we hijack back to school? And you created a day called Textbook Tuesday, which was the day that you needed to get your textbooks rented by. And so they hijacked back to school press by inventing a day called Textbook Tuesday. And it made a huge difference in the launch of the business. That's another great example, Chris. And we do use that specific trend jack technique several times. So, for instance, we have the, the GDPR coming over here, which is a data regulation. Uh, we worked for a company that was doing um, anti, was anti malware to stop you getting exfiltrated. And so we knew how long an average zero day exploit, which means how long you're hacked before you actually find out, is. And then we backed up from when the GDPR was and said, if you do not know on this specific date whether or not you've been hacked, you're screwed and you're going to be in for a big fine. And we call that, because it was exfiltration, we call that X day. Things like that work very well with the media. Yeah, so there you're hijacking, um, you know, the change in the regulations and around privacy in Europe. Exactly, which would yeah. turn out to be a big thing. You, but the only thing you can, the, the only way you do that uh, is to become a bit of a, you know, a news junkie. Yeah, and that's yeah. the next part of the. That's the next part of the process, right? Uh, and you yes. know, I'm a news junkie. Predict, predict. Uh, it's called a news cycle for a reason. And of course, you used to be a journalist. So, so what do you mean by uh, predict? and sort of grab hold of the news cycle? So you could have the best trend jack in the world and the most talented bunch of PR professionals that you can afford ready to go. But timing is everything. You know, it's called a news cycle for a reason. There are moments in time when you can inject yourself into the conversation and moment in, moments in time where you'll just get a lot of media saying, yeah, yeah, that was yesterday. Or, you know, these days, that was two hours ago. You need to be ready to go but you need to get into the story at the right time. And that means looking at where the story is developing, find out those places where the stories bubble up. You know, we were talking about Reddit earlier and Twitter and places like that. Uh, and some of the sort of citizen journalism that you see these days, you can see the stories develop. And before they go mainstream, just as they go mainstream, in fact, that's when you want to hit it. That's the time of the news cycle when you've got to hit it. And you need to know that by observing uh, your target, so to speak, and hitting them at the right time. Yeah. Uh, fascinating. And, and I also, there's some pattern recognition we can use here, right? Typically when a story breaks, there's just the, the facts about it. X, Y, Z happened, right? And, and there's, there's little color background. And so the press does the, the breaking news piece, but then they go looking for depth, right? They go looking for commentary from people in the industry or associated with it. And they want to do some more backstory stuff. And, and so the story begins to unfold. And so uh, what I love about what you're saying is, you know, journalists, as soon as a story breaks, they're going to write something, but then they want background and commentary and these kinds of things. 
And if you're the executive team that's right there as the story is developing, as that news quote unquote cycle is evolving, you actually play right into what they need at that point in time. Yeah, and think about it, right? So like here in the UK, there's a thing called the Today program that leads the news. Um, everybody in the, in the news media listens to that. After that, the guys in the newspaper start figuring out what they're going to put into their news meeting, which is going to go in the evening papers. And by which time the lunchtime news has developed the stories, it dropped some stories and ran other stories. So you just got to figure out when the right time to do that is. And, and, and you know, as, as our friends in the hedge fund, um, hedge fund industry say all the time, look for that next bounce of the ball. So you, that's the prediction skill that you need. And if you don't have it in-house or you don't have it in your DNA, you know, there's lots of us out here in the world of agencies and consultancy who do. Yep. All right. Then the next step, prepare, prepare, prepare. Um, and so uh, maybe explore that a little bit. What are we preparing to do as we get ready to trend jack here? Right. So, so what you want to do is you want to like done a little bit of game playing about that bounce of the ball. So, you know, often stories can break two ways. Um, when you get to like advanced level of trend jacking, you can prepare for both eventualities. Um, let me give you an example. So we have a prime minister currently at the moment called Boris Johnson. He's a bit of a controversial figure. And, and I think you guys in the States know about controversial leaders. Um, but he recently uh, had a newspaper column to, uh, to he wrote two versions of an opinion piece because he has a regular column. Uh, and this was about whether or not we're going to leave Europe, like not an insignificant piece of news 40 years after joining, right? He hedged his bets and he wrote one piece that was very pro-Brexit, as we call it, and one piece which is very negative. Just so when the news broke, he was ready to drop the piece, which as it turns out was we were going to Brexit. And uh, if he hadn't got found out for his technique, he would have looked like a hero. But he sort of gave the game away a little bit on that. But that's what I mean by prepare, is look at the eventualities, get your quotes written up, figure out your angles, who your spokespeople are, what materials you can bring to the party, and just get ready to go. And you said a very important thing there. Um, get your quotes ready to go, right? Yeah. Get your sound and, and, ready. Totally. And, and so, you know, what you're looking for there with your spokespeople are folks who've, who can, like, give good quote, as we say, uh, but who have also the sort of people that will give a range of quotes, as we said, the ball could bounce in many ways. So you need to be ready for that. And you need to have like other materials. You may have, you know, articles uh, that you want to do. And another great one is the open letter that you want to send out, you know, like Google or somebody does something and you, and you want to, you know, you can't address them. So you just send them an open letter, which lodges in time. There's many sub techniques here that gets yourself ready. So you're prepared to strike. I remember years ago, uh, we were uh, trend jacking an acquisition in the industry that had taken a long time and was a little bit uh, sort of uh, problematic and it was sort of playing out over time in the media. And I don't know if you remember this, you created this quote for me to tell the, the press that watching this acquisition was like watching two porcupines mate. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Well, you can't, they can't always be beautiful. The thing is they need to be memorable. Well, it was highly quotable, right? And so it ended up right. in, I don't know, several hundred papers. Because the, the other beauty of this, of course, is if you can talk to a wire service, a Reuters, a Bloomberg, an a AP, things along those yeah. lines, you might talk to one reporter, one pithy quote like that could end up in several hundred newspapers around the globe. Absolutely. Those, those, wire, those wire services are amazing. And, and, and they're also, over here in Europe, they are um, country-specific. 
Um, and you bring me on to another interesting piece. A friend of mine has got a, um, a company that deploys freelance writers and citizen journalists in places like war zones. And these, these days, the news desks need that comment quick. So you need to be both very provocative, and in the case of those guys that are on the ground, you need to be in the right place at the right time and be prompt. Timing, it's not just the quote, it's the timing, it's the combo that brings the goodness. Well, and this is something I find... Um a lot of executive CEOs don't understand, right? If, if there's news happening and we want to trend jacket and there's a writer on deadline and the news broke three hours ago and we're in this example, maybe using our CEO, our CEO has to be willing to uh, come out of her meeting and re-swizzle her calendar a little bit to talk to the press that day because their need for people to co- comment is going to be over in six hours. And so, um, you know, it's it's not like a standard press briefing where you can schedule it a few weeks out. When the news breaks, if you're trying to be in it, the executives who are being the spokespeople have to be willing to be highly accessible. Highly accessible, and to to a former point, think about the um, you know the, the natural time delays in news breaking in America versus the UK and Europe, and vice versa. You know, if, if, if we're speaking at four o'clock in the afternoon in, in our news day and we've got a hot story and we can't get the exec till eight o'clock in the morning, California time, we have a problem because the first time, you know, as a former journalist, you with hundreds of inbound calls a day, you know, I, I know what's going on with the news and the first person who hits me with something quotable, I'm going to use that. Now, the, the very next person who hits me, no matter how good the quote is as useless as yesterday's, you know, fish and chip paper. So you really need to be on it. And so that's why the, that's why we're saying before about having the stuff pre, pre-canned, pre-rolled, and be predictive about where, where the news is going to bounce. That's the secret. Now, number six, uh, be pragmatic, original, but ready to flex your angles. Uh, what does that mean, Paul? Right. So um, even with you know, the, the, the best and most talented um, consultancy and agency folks on hand and the, the most talented in-house team and thinking through everything you want to think through, it's, it's, it's not like science, right? There's still a little bit of art. It may be that a story breaks and people are turning it in a way that you didn't foresee. You know, like it might be that there's a, uh, I don't know, some issue with a, with a retailer and then the, the, it all goes from being a B2B problem with the supply chain into something consumery. You have to be able to flip your angle uh, and be and be even more counterintuitive than you start than you started with. So, in other words, w- w- as well as being in the moment, you need to start flexing pretty quickly, and that probably involves live interactions between whoever your spokesperson is and whoever is bringing that news to the media. Um, so, one of the other things that that, that we could, that we do we mentioned this earlier is open letters. So, you you can plant something like a time bomb, if you will that will blow up when you need it to blow up. So in other words, you, you can say to any company you want to, you disagree with what you said, and we're just putting this on record. And the whole reason we do that is so we can go back and, and pick it up later. And, and an example for, would you, for you would be the Ashley Madison um, database, the adult uh, dating site that, that, that blew up. And we, we mentioned that to one of our clients and said, look, this is a good story. We think the fact that you're in cybersecurity would be very good for you to comment on this. And, and, you know, for reasons that were pretty obvious, they said, no, thanks. It's toxic. We don't want anything to do with this. So we said, okay, well, we'll just hold the thought. Uh, And we went away and wrote something up 
because we were conscious of this second bounce of the ball. And the second bounce of the ball was, yes, it's been hacked. And now the database is for free on the internet. And it's at that point, once all the original analysis had gone out, we could reinsert ourselves into the story and say, okay, would you like to know how this is actually done? And then it becomes an analysis piece and relatively safe. If we weren't ready and we hadn't flexed where we were going, we would have been sunk. Fascinating. So even a story like that, where it's a super hot story, but it's potentially negative to your brand, hold back a little, let the first one or two news cycles go, and then come in, in this case, with a how they might have uh, um, uh, sort of uh, protected themselves so this didn't happen. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, there's, there's a lot of, this is why I enjoy the game so much and why people who are like, you know, interested in trend jacking and, and, and feel as though that it's a good weapon for them to deploy for their category, spend a lot of time in the news cycle and figuring out probabilities of other stories breaking out of it. Yeah. Fascinating. And then number seven, be persistent. So what does it mean to be persistent, to be a persistent trend jacker? Yeah, can't emphasize this enough. Like the likelihood you're going to hit with your first one or two attempts, very, very low. There is a skill set that you build up from it. But there are also, you know, some like, if you will, evergreens that you can use to practice uh, because these stories are perennial and they're not going away. So if you have the right level of persistence, it's a safe, it's often safer just to go for one of these stories and, and try things out because they're going to come around anyway. But what I mean specifically about persistent is don't give up on the first one or two places. Don't expect, you know, the, you know, the, the New York times or the wall street or, you know, the times of London or the financial times going to take your story first time. You may need to go to three or four different folks and you may need to flex your angle as we said before, and you may even need to take some time out and come back at it again. But, you know, certain stories are not going away. We talked about, you know, the, the record good slash bad holiday sales in retail or you name the commodity that you're talking about. Uh, a classic is, you know, a CEO under pressure. And that will be flagged. You know, we recently saw WeWork where um, uh, until recently we were, we were our tenants, slightly worried. But, you know, that story rolls on quite a lot. Many times can you insert yourself into that story. Um, you know, great new, um, hot new trends, you know, things, think of things like toys or iPhones or whatever, anything new that's coming out, you can predict, they have to have a launch date for that. You can get all over that. This is where we start to prepare. Uh, and another great one, especially with you guys in the States and you have these non-farm wages, and lots of nice government statistics that, you know, like it or not, your government has to release. Those things are entirely predictable and you can just practice away and keep persistent until you hit the trend jack that gets you where you want to get to. Yep. I, I love it. And, and the other thing too about persistency is, you know, maybe you're not going to get in the wall street journal the first time, Pro probably not, but you might get in some respected, but much smaller, lesser known industry blog. And so that's yep. okay. Right. Starting small, building a bit of a reputation, uh, getting a name amongst the journalists, um, you know, building up over time, then maybe you get in the Times of London. Absolutely. And don't forget as well, these guys on the Times of London or the BBC specifically, we actually know which titles, which are often tech titles, they read themselves to research their stories. So we know that there are seed titles 
from which the major titles take their news. So yeah, and, and one of the other things you can do, and, and this is something we've been doing latterly, is you can refeed those stories from the lesser titles into the bigger titles, explaining why you think it's relevant for some you know, highfalutin journalist to pay attention to this trend, which is clearly being recognized down in the trades, let's say. Uh, and so you can, if you like, recycle the trend jack. And that's the, you know, it's pretty advanced, but it, uh, it, it's something that we, we practice here. And, and it's nothing so uh, gratifying as to see that, uh, that, that, that story develop. The other thing I love about the, the, top. the other thing I love about trend jacking is because of what it is, the seven steps you just outlined. There's a lot of companies that aren't going to do this, and so it is very rare in marketing, in PR, in communications, where you can develop a strategic skill set that you know, for the most part, most of your competition either won't or can't pull it off. Yeah, that's really gratifying, actually. I mean. Um, yeah, it's a terrible analogy, but there are certain sports where there are positions where you'd be useless at any other position but that position. But trend jacking, you know, for us at Positive, that is what we are about. We're, we're, we sort of have a rep about it. People come to us for it. Now, if you don't want that, if you're happy playing a different game or, you know, Facebook's bringing you enough leads or you don't have a category to build, that's acceptable. But if you're going to, if we're going to work with you, we need a little bit of leverage to let us do our shit and we're happy. <laughs> I love that. All right. Anything else on trend jacking, Dr. Marr? I would just reemphasize the last point, Christopher, and you know, I, I love persistence. You know, God loves a trier. And you like you say, first time, you'd be amazing if you hit it. But if you keep going, you will get there. And I'm available anytime anybody wants. I love talking about this topic. I love talking to you about it because I think you appreciate the art a little bit. Well, I, I sure do. And I really appreciate you. And I, I'm so stoked that you've become the master sensei of trend jacking. Thanks indeed, my friend. Really appreciate your time. All the best with the podcast. You are smashing it. Speak to you again soon, I hope. Thank you, Paul. Hope to have you back on a regular basis. Lots of love. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, there it is. Trend jacking with the legendary Paul Marr. Sure hope you enjoyed that conversation and it makes a giant difference in your legendary marketing. All right. We would like to thank the legendary Paul Marr. Check out positivemarketing.com. Positivemarketing.com. Uh, the good folks at onelifefullylive.org. This is the nonprofit that helps you dream, plan, and live your best life. The number one lifefullylive.org. And uh, if you're trying to get some time in your life and scale yourself, check out my friends at bottleneck.online. Uh, uh, for the power of a uh, virtual assistant, check out bottleneck.online. Growwire.com. It's what legendary entrepreneurial marketing folks are reading on the internet. Check it out. Growwire.com. Rapid Media, the legendary marketing firm in Australia. Check them out at rapidmedia.com.au. And the thought I'll leave you with comes from Jim Morrison, who said, whoever controls the media controls the mind. Uh, till next time, stay legendary, and of course, follow your difference.